All right, Friday night, 7 o'clock time for another edition of the Sports Phone here on KZYX, the first October edition of the Sports Phone here in 2021. Jerry in Portland. I am in my office. Jim is in Philo in the studio. Jim, how are you doing today? Happy October. I'm doing great, and I'm going back to work Monday. People have been keeping up on our listeners have been keeping up on my – I'm going into my seventh week of uh, total hip replacement – Abuse from basketball after all those years, <laughs> and now I'm um, going back to work. I'm excited. I'm more excited, though. I know we could do small talk in here, Jer, but I think all-time, one of my favorite colleagues... Gonna, go ahead. We're not going to small talk first? I had such a good topic planned. All right, go I ahead. I didn't tell you about it, but I, I mean, we can skip it. No, but, I want to no, hear it. Jim, we're, we're officially into holiday season. What? Of 2021, right? No. Of 2021, we're in holiday season right now, right? In the sense of we've got October, we got Halloween, then we've got Thanksgiving, then we've got Christmas. Like I think these are the big ones, right? And then New Year's coming up. I don't so, be- I don't quick, believe No, no, no. I do not believe No. Halloween is part of the holiday season. I don't think that's true. It starts it, with you, Thanksgiving. You wouldn't consider So Halloween so holiday season doesn't start till November then. Yeah, kids don't even get they don't even get that day off school. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that was – all right. All right. Well, all right. I'll allow it then. So I was going to ask you, since we're in into October, yeah. everything gets a little spooky. People get into the scary stuff. Uh, were, were you big into scary stuff growing up? Yeah, I'm a big baby. You know that. I can't do haunted houses, scary movies, anything like that. Were you into any of the Halloween stuff growing up? Any just, scary just, movies, anything along those no, lines? Nothing scary. I don't like to be scared. I, I never liked horror yeah, movies. We're, and the, that so stuff. we're the same. We're I, the same I, in that way. Yeah, I. I uh, it was about. I lived in a city, and uh, it was about. You can go on three streets that way, four streets that way, three streets that way, <laughs> and I we would we would have contests who could get the most candy bars and the most candy. I mean, we we no, wear. Right, well, well, <laughs> It was about candy, candy for me. Well, well, we'll have to. Okay, so we will officially check in on holiday season starting in November. Then, okay, according yeah, to you, that's yeah. when we'll officially check in on holiday season. Yeah, that's um, soon welcome enough. Back, <laughs> welcome everybody to the sports phone. So, if you're new to the show, um, real quick, this is uh, this is nothing too complicated about what we do here on the show. This is an open forum sports talk show. Uh, Jim and I are here. We're sports fans. We've both been players. We've both been coaches. Uh, we've also been fans at all levels. Um, we like to spend this hour a week talking about sports and bringing up any topics that come up in the world of sports as we're keeping an eye on things. And even more important than that, we want you, the listeners, to be involved in the conversation. We're going to open up the phone lines, give you an opportunity to talk about whatever you want going on in the world of sports. It can be college, pro, high school, collegiate, rec league, you name it, wherever it is. We want to hear about it, so we're looking forward to opening up the phone lines and taking your calls as we get going on the show here. But before we do that, uh, we are in, I think you could say deep into the fall uh, sports seasons at the the high school level, and we are trying to get back into the rhythm of bringing on uh, guests throughout the year. Uh, We have a guest this week, and with that, uh, Jim, I'll hand it back to you. Uh, and you you almost tipped your hand. You were so excited about this guest <laughs> and introducing him that I had to cut you off. But now you can officially introduce our guest. You know, it, it goes back so far. I mean, <clears throat> mm-hmm. we both met Miles Hayes when 
when you were into youth basketball. I'd say middle school-ish. I'm not sure he was around when I was doing Little Cardinals for you, which is similar to a program he has going now called Little, Little Bounce. But I started making a list, and I I ran out of room in the paper for everything that Miles Hayes has done for youth, mostly youth basketball, but also now just youth youth athletics um, in general. He, he I mean, this guy played basketball Springfield Gardens in in Queens in high school. Played at Mendo College uh, on the heels of our favorite. Gene Cotter with Basketball Jones. He started Little Bounce, Lil Bounce Basketball for kids. I mean, imagine having kids, three to five-year-old, you're focused on a camp. He was AD at Potter Valley, basketball coach at Potter Valley, Pomalita, boys basketball coach, girls basketball coach, Basketball Jones for 25 years. I mean, Miles Hayes currently is the athletic director at Potter Valley High School. Miles, you still there? With all that introduction, are you still there? I'm still there. Thank you, guys. How you guys doing? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, we're doing great. Jerry, why so, don't you start it? Yeah, Miles, first question for you. I, I and, and I don't know if this is much just a question and just an observation. Like, you've been all over the place in terms of coaching, officiating. You've officiated. Oh, Jim right. didn't mention that. You're an athletic director when you need to be. I guess, do you just go wherever is needed? It, it seems like wherever basketball is needed or even as an athletic director is needed, you, you'll show up and and lend a hand. I mean, how, how do you just balance all that? seems like wherever, wherever you're needed, you show up. Uh, I love sports and I love kids and I'm just, I, yeah. that's what I love to do, you know? And, and that's just one of the things of being like with Gino and stuff and being around guys that love the sport and love just giving back. And that's one of the things I got from being growing up in New York. My uncles and my brothers always gave back. And so we always want to help somebody else. So, you know, if you're the referee, if you don't referee, then the kids don't get to play. If you don't do certain things or schedule referees or schedule games to help schedule stuff, the kids don't get to play. So I want to get that same back to people, to the kids, same thing I got when I was growing up. All right. To the current, right away. Um, no follow-up <laughs> on that one. Uh, you are now at Upper Lake High School. This is one of the trickiest times being an athletic director in the history of high school sports. I heard someone in CIF say that. It wasn't Pinoli. It was somebody else. But they said this is the toughest time to be an athletic director. Maybe a coach. I don't know. But the athletic director for sure. COVID is, is, is happening. Upper Lake is trying to play sports. Did you ever dream you'd be trying to organize this? And how, are you taking it in stride, or is, is every day a hassle with, with COVID? What, what is NCL2 status with COVID? And just, just give us an update on, on how you're dealing with COVID. Well, I am the head boys varsity coach at Upper Lake. Brian Figs is our AD. So I'm in close contact with him. Oh, you're not the AD at Potter, Potter Valley? No, not, I'm in Upper Lake. I'm, I mean in Upper Lake. You're not the AD. You're the boys basketball no. coach. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm the boys at Boston Coast, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, do you picture masks on the on the court on the court? I, I hope we don't have to wear masks. I mean, we done it AAU and and we shouldn't have to wear it. I'm thinking if everybody's tested and everybody's negative on both teams, then you shouldn't have to wear a mask. But if we have to, um they did it back east a little bit. You wore it underneath your nose a little bit so you can still breathe. If the kids, if you wear, if you're not wearing the mask on the court, at least the kids that's on the bench should be wearing masks. That's how it was when we was in Vegas, 
huh. you know, in Anaheim. So, I mean, it's a tricky deal. It's, it's very hard to figure out maneuver, but it's not going anywhere. So we got whatever protocols we're doing, we got to follow them and, and try to stick to them. Are you so, getting good support from parents and players with the protocols? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, it, that's one thing. Upper Lake has been great. Andy P3, our, our principal of the Upper Lake, and the host staff, they've been open. The Upper Lake has been open the last the last year. So we really didn't close down. So the numbers have been low. And all the counties you go to is different. But our numbers have yeah. been very low. The kids get tested on a regular basis. And they've been doing a great job over there. You're still NCL2, right? Yes. Okay. Go ahead, Jer. So, Jim, Jim had me bounce, or you bounced off the topic that, that I that I brought up, which is kind of asking about all the various things you've done, Miles. But I wanted to follow up on that real quick because I, I don't think I've ever talked to you about this in, in all the times we, we've been around each other. It's it's so interesting watching you have to alter. I don't even know what the right word is, but like there's miles. The coach is different than miles. The official when I've watched those two things. Right. And, and I'm sure when you've had to be athletic director, it's been a little bit different, but through all of that, I've always like, you always have that same fun personality because you love the game and you just love being involved in sports. I was, has it been hard to bounce between those different jobs and, and like tweak how you have to behave on, on the court? Yeah, you, you, you do. You have to, you got to find that balance because sometimes, you know, as you refereeing, I was still playing sometimes. I was like, Am I, well, that's not a foul for me. Oh, I'm, I'm refereeing you. <laughs> then I'm talking to a parent while I'm dealing with something like, okay, what well, these people we're dealing with are not athletic. They're speaking from a different point of view. So I have to find, I got to back myself, okay, this is not athletic. This is personal. This is business. So there's a fine line you have to walk when you do that. At times, and it's, it's hard because sometimes you can get frustrated, but you got to be patient because if you don't know, for sure, if you if you don't know, you, you know, so you have to educate yourself on certain situations and see where it's at because everybody doesn't know sports the way we know sports. Some people don't do their homework. I mean, I'm a, I, I, like you know, you you watch film, you do different things. So I'm reading up on the AD job, I'm reading up on basketball, I'm reading on referee. Because I want to do the best job possible. And if I don't know, I'm going to find somebody that does know and find out the answer to help you along with any problem that we have. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I, I've had to learn that personally just in the, the, the few weeks I've been involved in, in coaching up at, the, up at Westland High School where I'm, where I'm going to be working as a coach. Like, I, I've had to think about that balance of, because I'm the youngest coach on the staff, so I, I've had to think about that balance of I, I have to be a coach and I can be a fun coach, but I still have to be a coach and not just another one of the players on the team. And that's something I've constantly had to, had to keep in check. And it's it's a lot harder than I thought it would be at times. It's, it's They're hard. like, a, especially hard. in an open gym environment. Yeah, it's, it's hard. And you're still the coach. They want to respect you as the coach. And then it's little subtle things, but you can still pass somebody in the back, hey, good job. Right. Or next time, do it like this. Or sometimes you have to just wait and fill it out till everything's over with, or the play's over with, or the open gym's over with. Then you go over and talk to that kid because you're still in player mode. You, you're still competitive. You're like, hey, mm-hmm. do it like this, do it like that. I was taught this way, and the way your dad taught you, and the way you play with us at camps and stuff, is totally different now. So yeah. you, you know, these, none of these kids want to be touched anymore. I want to shoot a three, or I'm going to get a layup. Like mm-hmm. they all understand the mid range game. So it, it takes time. It's going to take time and time. I'm still, I'm still learning. 
I mean, I'm excited today. Today was the first official practice for JUCO in California. Coach Billy Opal called me this morning. He was excited. It was the first day. Wow. I mean, me and him talked for 45 minutes this morning. I, that got my juices up. But I'm ready to start. I'm starting my open gym this Sunday at Upper Lake. So, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to start basketball season right now. I don't know if this is inappropriate or not, but we've, <laughs> we've had um, – We've had a lot of guests on this show in three years, and um, we've tried, we've tried, we've tried, and we've struggled getting good teenagers that are good interviews. Uh, You're a tremendous interview. Tim Anderson's a tremendous interview. Noah Gold. Um, they're, they're just people that, that are good on the radio. And I, I know there's some teenagers that are good on the radio. We haven't found that many. We had one from Upper Lake that may have been the best teenage interview we'll ever have. I just want to check in. Where is Kenny Hodges right now? Is he still playing basketball? Kenny Hodges playing basketball. Yes, Kenny Hodges is going back to the College of Redwoods. Really? And he's still playing? And he's, he's still playing. He's going to have a great season this year. He's been working hard this that- offseason. And he was rehabbing his knee and leg, and he's going to have a great, a great scene up there. The College of Redwoods with Coach Bezio up there, and I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him play against Mendo. And Mendo's going to open up against College of the Redwoods, oh. so that's going to be a great game. I mean, I, I looked forward every game I played against Kenny. You know, I was a coach for Mendo at that point, and I mean, when I mean, I had a year when I had Niz Badgett and I had Cody Call, and I had a good group of backup defenders. And, you know, for someone that's been into basketball as long as me, to have someone, the quality athlete, the quality person that Kenny Hodges was, it was a pleasure to try to beat Kenny Hodges on the basketball court. I mean, it just, um, I I just, I I, I love the kid. And and, um, glad to say we... uh, we were able to beat Kenny Hodges. It wasn't an easy thing to do in small school basketball when you have a kid that dominant. Huh, that's well, great. He's a great athlete. He's a great human being on top of that. Yeah, that, that, I think that's why he was such a good interview. Uh, Jared, what should we do here? Should we move on? We, we, got, um, we had one. I, I, the, the only other thing I, I think I want to talk about a little bit, uh, and this, again, I think goes back to my uh, exposure to the program here. I, I want to... Miles, give you a chance to talk about the youth stuff you do a little bit, just because I didn't realize until now how valuable it is to have you a youth program that runs like at a really really young age. Like what the, the high school I'm at, we run youth basketball camps for I think I think it's third grade all the way up to eighth grade, and it's almost like all year round. You did it with basketball, Jones, but that even was a had a cutoff, I think of like third or fourth grade, but you're doing it even younger than that. I can you just talk about the youth side of everything you do? Like and, and maybe I don't compare it to how how your high school coaching is gone, like how, how that how it all balances out. I mean the youth it started I mean it started with Quincy and his sister. You know, and even with Gina we had basketball Jones. We had little I mean Quincy was going to basketball Jones at five and six years old. Seeing eight hours working with me at camp. Um, the youth is, is where it's at. You started, I mean, as you know, you get younger and younger. If you have older siblings, you know, the younger one always pick it up quicker. You know, the first one does it, the middle one does it, because they're around the game so much. So once we just tap into that at an early age, I mean, you might not be playing like real basketball, but at least you're dribbling, 
one hand or two hands, or you're working on your jump stop, or even if you're putting up your head shooting, at least you're, you're having some physicalness going on with you. So as that, I mean, that moved into a little bounce, to T-ball, to big bounce. And I would try to put everything up, even flag football. I didn't tell you guys about flag football we had going on. So the youth is more important than keeping kids busy. And that's what I wanted to do and be a part of that and grow something here at Ukiah with Jake Burgess at the city. It was Stephanie Young back then, but it was Jake Burgess now. So we, I wanted to put my hand on it and just keep playing and have my kids playing at the same time because I love sports. So that's why I did as much as I did. Yeah, that's how I got into to. Um, I found my value as a coach was developing players more than I wasn't that good during the games. I mean, um, and I got into developing because I I started with Jerry when he could walk, and you know we started on a basket that was three feet high, and then four feet, then five feet, then six feet, and he learned how to shoot and he learned how to play. Um, it's that was probably the most fun part of basketball for me. I think we should. Uh, I think we should move on, Miles. We got to start taking calls here. Um, I want you to check in with us. Um, I'll check in with you December in the beginning of December. Once you've had two weeks in, and hopefully uh, the Delta variant's going to ease up on us, and it's going to seem like a normal, a normal year of basketball. I hope that's what I'm hoping for. No problem. Well, thank you guys for having me. All right. Thank you, Miles. Miles. It's always a pleasure. It's always good to talk to you. All right, Jerry, we're in a quiet drive here at the the station. I thought we should mention it. Um, I don't have the dates in front of me. I should when when we're going to – there's going to be a a week when we ask for money live, but uh, the more money we raise now, um, the less we're going to have to – Ask for live, and we're not interrupting programs right now as much as we will when we really get down to the to the real uh, the real flash drive. But uh, it's it's quiet drive. You can call the station eight nine five two three two four. Make a donation. You can send a donation to PO Box one in Philo. You can call Renee um, if you want to donate over the air. Um, she's extension five during business hours. Um, Jerry, I do have one other announcement here. It went out on the airwaves today is KZUX and Z just bought a building. They closed on a building in Ukiah. The main studios are going to be moved to the county seat of Ukiah. That's been, that's been a long time coming. It seems like I feel like that's been floating around even like when I was living around there, like in, in some form that was always floating around. It makes sense. The better yeah. signals over there, better internet. I bet better, better everything over there. It's the county seat. 707-895-2448. I would say the lines are open. Let's hear from somebody. Um, 707-895-2448. This day in sports, Jared, it's October 1st. What happened? Some year in October 1st in, in this day in sports. All right. So I have 1933, Oops. and I'm doing this from memory because the page froze and I'm trying to reload it. Uh, okay, I got it. Uh, Babe Ruth, the great Babe Ruth, uh, made his final pitching appearance in Major League Baseball. He pitched all nine innings of a 6-5 win uh, against the Boston Red Sox at Yankee Stadium. Uh, he also hit his 34th home run of the season in the fifth inning. Uh, So I I thought the thing that was funny about this, Jim, and and this goes – I don't remember if this was a thing in your era of baseball, but 
it's funny how like relief pitching and having like a closer and stuff that was not a thing for a long time. Like starters were would go nine innings even if they gave up five six runs. I I never I didn't watch baseball baseball enough during that transition. One day I was just watching baseball, probably the Yankees for some reason, and all of a sudden I heard for the first time the term closer. And it, it seems like it was just a couple of years ago. So th- that's a new thing, uh, definitely a new thing. I don't know how new it is, but it's definitely a, mm-hmm. a new thing. And, um, you know, Babe Ruth, when he did something, I'd like to say that Babe Ruth's one of those names in sports where – I said this to a lot of people: is when a name gets bigger than sports. I like to call the sports phone bigger than sports because uh, we like people that don't like sports but love the sports phone. And with that, save that thought about Babe Ruth for me, Jer. Hello, you're on the sports phone. Okay. Hello. Uh, hey guys, how we doing? Hey Vince. Great interview. Miles is one of those guys that I have <laughs> always respected. And appreciated. Uh, and Jerry, great question about the balance of mindset with coaching, refereeing, ADing. Like, those are such different. I mean, each one of those has their own different things. Like, if you're an AD, you're talking to a coach or a parent or a student. That's different mentality. As a, as a coach, you're talking to a parent, a player, your AD. That's a different mentality. You know, the, all of them have a different perspective and to do all of them so well is that guy's got to be so well respected in the Sonoma, Mendo, Lake County area. Oh, it's, it's, it's beyond respect. I mean, you remember going to summer league games, Vince, when we were coaching in Mendo, it it was, wait a minute. Oh, Call back, Vince. I made a mistake here. I admit it. You get, see, it this is. is the this is the danger when Jim gets good at the board. Is he <laughs> he, he tries to get fancy with it a little bit sometimes. Sorry about that, Vince. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. So, so what I was saying is, um, I I would be coaching in the summer league with Billy Ophel and in Mendo College and and you and Jerry sometimes, and I was like. Something's wrong here. Where's Miles? Miles isn't here tonight. Yeah. And, and <laughs> he, he just come wandering in the gym and do whatever he had to do. Keep score, yeah. ref, or yep. whatever. It's, it's, I mean, it's, same, same with the Potter Valley tournament for a couple of years. It was like, he, like Jerry said, he just he, he popped up in the right <laughs> moments at the right places. Yeah. And you got to respect and love guys like that. Uh, that. That was just a, it was nice to hear a local person again on the radio and have it be somebody like that. Way, way to go. Um, it going from there, now we're moving on. I have a This Day in Sports that just happened. Oh, wow. Turned on the Giants and Padres game, and Joe West is behind the home, behind, you know, umping behind a home plate, and mm-hmm. he just broke the record for the most times an umpire has been behind the plate in Major League Baseball history. How old is he? Uh, Joe West is probably in his 60s or 70s. I would say he's pretty old. He's an older guy. I'd say huh. 60s, probably you know, mid to late. 68. Wow. There you go. Boom. Yeah. No. How many games, Jer? Uh, Vince, I'll give you a ch- If you know that offhand, go for it. I'm still pulling it up. Oh, I, I do not. I, I caught the tail end of them talking about it and was just like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Because everybody had, you know, today was Thriller in Manila. With Muhammad Ali beating Joe Frazier, it was my was what I was going to use until I caught the tail end of the Giants talking about 
Joe West. And I was like, well, that just happened today in the history of sports. Well, just to let the you know, Vince, I've been able to do that. The first thing, just to know, those are two different um, categories here in the sports phone. We have this day in sports, which is something that happens some year, and then we have today in sports. You just did a I, I, today in sports, which, which Jim, I could have waited <laughs> till next week and used this as my this day in sports. <laughs> no, then it wouldn't. Well, I guess not. No, no, it would have been a year from now. God, yeah, that, that's way too long, Jim. I had to get this in. <laughs> What do you got, Jerry? How many games has this guy umpired in his life? I'm trying to find it. Jeez. Wow. Come on, Jerry. You're the tech guy here. I, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm off like my game a, whole a little new bit today. Sports phone office with high speed internet and stuff. And... <laughs> well, that's what we're coming in. We're, we're moving to Ukiah with the. With I mean, the... We're, we're, in, we're in Northern California here, Jerry. We don't have that kind of technology. Uh, five five thousand three hundred and seventy-six. Are you kidding me? Behind no. the plate or just umpired? Uh, that is total games umpired. Wow. Okay. Wow. So divide that by four, I would imagine, because it's part of a crew and they rotate. Yeah. So like 3.75 or four. So he's, he's done over 1,000 games easily behind home plate. That's pretty good. And yeah. I wonder if he's coached, he's re- umpired more games than anybody total, not just behind the plate. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got to be close. Um what else you have, Vince? If not, I'm going with it this day in sports. Go for it. I, I, I didn't get to hear your guys' so. I've got 16, October 1st, 1661. Six, wow. That was 1661. The first yacht race in England, it was a, it was a challenge match between King Charles II, and he beat his brother, who was the Duke of York, in the English Channel or up to, I don't know where they race from, but this just goes to show that yachting and sailboating started a rich person sport, and it still is. Yeah, <laughs> This was the king in a challenge match against his brother, the Duke of York. And, uh, yeah. you know, they, they didn't have to, I doubt they had to pay for these yachts. Uh, yeah. yeah. I wonder. I wonder yeah. if they bet anything on it. Like, well, I wonder what the stakes of that race were. Suitcases, trunks worth of gold. I don't know. <laughs> some, yeah, sort of like, yeah, something like that. Just gold. <laughs> it had to be yeah. ju- just gold. This in from NCL three girls volleyball, and this getting a live update. Live update just came in over the text. Um. Mendocino High School, coached by Laviva Dackers. We we had Laviva on here a few weeks ago as an as yeah. interview. They defeated Anderson Valley in straight sets in volleyball, 3-0, 3-0. It's a 3 out of 5 um, match. And, uh, you know, in, in our time, Jer and Vince, your time too, yep. we, didn't, we, haven't, we haven't said that often. That Mendocino no. beat AV in straight sets. We've said yeah, AV's beaten Mendocino in straight yeah. sets a bunch of times yeah. in the last fifteen yeah. years, but we haven't said it the other way around. Uh, so, just to, it goes to show you things things change. Yeah, congratulations, Menda. Way to go, Lavita. Yeah, seven oh seven. Right there, an update on local sports. I like that. Seven oh seven eight nine five two four four eight. If someone has anything local, national, youth-related, if you have a this day in sports, please 
call us. Um, well, this this one's on you, Jerry. Jerry. Did you look in, Jerry, did you look into the uh, Tampa Bay Montreal thing at all? No, I didn't have a chance. Um, I I know we wanted to to talk about that a little bit. Like we we part of last week's conversation, but we did have a a, a chunk of the of the show last week was we were talking about. In general, the relationship of cities to professional sports teams and kind of the the drama that can unfold there. Like every every city has their own unique stories, but a lot of times is a money thing where it comes down to the city putting up money for stadiums versus the amount of money owners are going to put up and, and all those types of things. But no, Vince, I didn't have a chance to look into that a lot. Um, I, I know that we... Uh, we looked. We, we read a little bit about the situation in Chicago before before the show because that's its own situation where the Bears might be leaving the city and going into the suburbs. Did Did you have a chance right. to look into that at all? Kind of the, the more with what the Rays, how they might split their season. I, I, I did and I didn't. It was hard to find like recent articles and most right, anything right. recently. He was stating that they are, you know, they're getting ready to make the playoffs. And, or they're in the playoffs, and all during the playoffs, they're going to have signs up around Tampa and in the stadium promoting the Tampa Montreal idea. Mm-hmm. So they are they are actively promoting it. And the the, the only things that I I kind of have ideas about, and I'm still digging on them, is they would basically play the spring into early summer, basically like before the All Star break in Tampa. Right. And then play the post All Star break in Montreal, and rotate the playoffs every year they made them between the two cities. Is all I've got so far. I got another call, Vince. I'm going to take it. That was a good conversation. Uh, you got, it. you got. It. I'll talk soon. You're on the air with the sports phone. I have football question. Football. Football. Good. Can you? Do you know? Did Sean Payton replace? The great Drew Brees with a rookie. She's not. I'm on it. I'm on it, Jim. Uh, I thought that. Did, did the brothers? I'm on it. <laughs> the brothers didn't replace each other. No, you're thinking. Of, you're thinking of Peyton Manning, not oh, Sean Payton. Okay, two go different ahead, people. Go ahead. Okay, so background here: uh, Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints, arguably one of the best coaches in the NFL. Uh, had Drew Brees as his quarterback um, for a long time. Uh, also considered one of the best quarterbacks in, in NFL history. I believe Drew Brees is a host on Fox Sports for, for the NFL now, if I remember correctly. Um, but to go to your question, caller, the answer to that is no. Um, Peyton replaced him with Jameis Winston, who yeah. uh, was one of the – was I believe he was the number one pick – uh, overall for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a few years back. Winston kind of floundered in Tampa Bay, was never great, threw a lot of, of interceptions. He was Breeze's backup last year, and then he won the starting job this year of between him and one other quarterback. So he's not a rookie, but this is his first year as the starter for the Saints. I, I, have, a, I have a question for this caller. Are you still there? Yeah. I have a question. Were you trying to stump us? Did you actually know the answer to that question? Are you that big of a football fan? Or did you really want to know the answer to that question? No, I didn't know. I, I just, I'm just, i just uh, crushed because, you know, the great Drew Brees, he's as good as Tom Brady. And yep. when I 
went to watch the Saints. They've been my favorite team for years just because of Drew. And he wasn't playing. It just blew my mind. I was just crushed. And I didn't yeah, know it's, why. It's it's always hard. I, I think we've all been through this as fans of any sport, you know, football, baseball, basketball, whatever, when that, like, the face of the franchise finally leaves and steps away and you have to get used to somebody new. It, it's always this weird, like, you, you feel like you're in the twilight zone for a little bit until you get used to, oh, yeah, he retired. Or, yeah, oh, yeah, he got traded. It's like it's this weird thing. So I, I would imagine, Caller, you're not the only Saints fan going through that experience this year. Huh. Oh, God. I, I won't even watch him now. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to being a fan of the Raiders. Hell with oh. it. <laughs> yeah, let's go. I like that. This is great. I like that caller. I keep telling okay. Jerry, call, uh, thanks for the call. Thank you, thank you. If you're still listening, um, you're, you're on the air, uh, off the air now, where, however that is. Um, Jerry keeps telling me, I can't get too excited. I can't get too excited. No, you can't. You can't get too excited. About the Raiders. And I keep saying... The Raiders are coming around again. Jerry's heard it his whole life. He's 30 years old. No. And, and he's heard his whole life the Raiders are going to be back. Because when, yeah. I, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, the Raiders were always, they're, they're, they were like. Since, I've been, since I was 10 years old, all I've been hearing is in five years, they're going to be back in the Super Bowl. Give it another two years and they're going to be back in the playoffs. <laughs> and it's just, it's just this cycle of hope to, to utter disappointment. And I, and I I refuse to accept that they are good. I I I were until they clinch a playoff spot. I refuse to accept that they are a good football team. And that's coming from a fan. I'm a big Raiders fan, and I I just I can't do it anymore. I you saw me watch that last game against the Dolphins. I know. Yeah. I know. Did you did you think? I mean, that woman was a that woman caller. The last caller was a big football fan. Yeah, and I thought she was trying to stump us. And, no, uh, no. I mean, it, Drew Brees has been a staple of the Saints for years. I, I don't remember when he he went from the Chargers to the Saints, but I mean, he was the base of that franchise for a long, long time. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Got about twenty four minutes and change left on the sports phone here. Give us a call if you've got anything you want to talk about. Seven zero seven eight nine five. Two four four eight, uh, Jim. I have something I'd like to bring up because it was too funny. It was too funny not to bring up if we did not have a call. And, and this is like, there's still COVID stuff. There's always going to be controversies. This was just genuinely, genuinely a funny little story that I found, this, and I, I really would like to talk about it just for a second. Is this college football? I hope. No, no. This is baseball related. Okay, go ahead. So. And, and I'm involved in it in the sense of I live in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, the closest baseball team is the Seattle Mariners, who are up in Seattle. I'm in Portland. It's like a three-hour drive. But there's a lot of Mariners fans down here. Like, the Pacific Northwest has kind of adopted the Mariners as their team, even if you don't live in Washington. Yep. So anyone that's a baseball fan would know the Mariners have the longest postseason drought in Major League history, meaning that they have not made the playoffs, I believe it's in 19 years. Um, they're on the cusp. They're tied for a playoff spot. They've got to win a couple of games in their last series over the weekend, and they should make the playoffs. Um, 
the Mariners released a public statement on like social media, basically. I found it on Facebook, but I'm sure it's also on Twitter and other places. And I, I'm just going to read it because I think it does a, it just it just encapsulates itself so well. Give the, the give Mariners the, give the high points. It, it was pretty long yeah. when you were reading this. Yeah, before. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but right. the Mariners released a statement asking for a statewide pause on all non-baseball activities. So I just want to read a couple excerpts from this. Um, as at the Seattle Manors, we believe the people of the Pacific Northwest deserve to enjoy the playoff race without unnecessary distractions of non-essential, non-baseball activities. Like work? Uh, like work, exactly. Um, it is unreasonable to expect the citizens of Seattle to focus on anything other than Mariners baseball. Therefore, therefore we are calling for a statewide pause on all non-baseball activities. Um and then the other piece of this, I won't read this at all because it's a longer one, but they released a like a template letter that you could fill out and give to your boss, which basically, if you want to summarize, it says, I'm going to be bad at my job until the Mariners make the playoffs because I'm going to be locked into watching the games. And I love this kind of stuff. I think it's it's a really big deal up here in, in the Pacific Northwest that the Mariners might make the playoffs and break this drought. But I just love when pro sports teams do this kind of stuff like they know what's at stake they know how invested their fans are in trying to get into the playoffs so i just love that they've bought into it and they're having fun with it it, it was just such a funny story it's got thousands and thousands of reposts on social media I, I just thought it was too good it was too good and the and the funny thing is some businesses in seattle i guarantee you will honor this and give their employees like the weekend off or at least like um when i was a kid they used to uh, bring in televisions. Yeah, exactly. Or they'll let them watch the game at work, something yeah, like yeah. that. They used yeah. to bring in televisions in, in elementary school to watch the World Series. That's, right, that's right. So we, I just wanted to mention that. I, I thought it was too good a story. All, I'm all for it. Go Mariners, City of Seattle. I, I just love how they're, how they're hyping this up and making it a big deal. So with that stat, that means that every pro baseball team in existence right now I, I never knew this, Dad. I, I thought it was just a handful. Every pro team except the Mariners in the last 19 years has made the playoffs. Is that another way to say that? In the, in yes. In the last 19 I, years, every team but the Mariners that's in, or that's in pro baseball currently have been in the playoffs at least once. That better be correct because you said this is the longest drought ever. Yes, they yes they they have the longest consecutive streak of not making the playoffs in that, which is nineteen huh. years. So yes, I I guess it would have to be true what you just said. That would make sense. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Any Mariners fans out there? March Madness, Jared. This one came up. Yeah, um, this was another interesting story. You sent it to me. Like all our stories, um, I get them from you. And this one I, I read, it was it was it was interesting. I'm gonna put it on hold. You're on the air of the sports phone. Hi, this is Tim from Moscow, Idaho. Hi, Tim. And you started to talk about or you've been talking about the Mariners and you've touched a sore point with me. <laughs> I've been a Mariners fan forever. Um, they are a sub five hundred lifetime team. They've wow. never made it into the World Series. Um, they scarcely, I don't think they've ever been past the first, um, uh, what, what's the first set of the series after the regular season. Oh, you know, division, yeah. league, division series. 
They've never been any further than that. Um, and I personally find the ownership group being disingenuous by trying to whip up enthusiasm for the Mariners. Uh, I've gone to, unless they're two games above 500, I won't listen to them, I won't watch them, nothing. Anyway, here's a, you're talking to a disgruntled Mariners fan. Well, I'll tell, you, that. Right, I'll tell you right now before you hang, hang up, the Yankees lost. This, this is the tight race. And the Red Sox won. So if the Mariners win, it's the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Mariners all within one game of making the playoffs and with only two games to go. I mean, that's that's um, that's pretty close. Jared, what do you have for yeah. this disgruntled fan? I feel his pain. Yeah. Tim, as a Raider fan, I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they had that shining period there back in the 90s um, when they had A-Rod and they had the big yeah. unit and they had a, um, and, uh, uh, I'm spacing on the, the manager's name, but um, where they were really good for about 10 years, yeah. but they never made it further than the, than the um, division championship. Wow. And then they've, they've just gone into hibernation for the last 15 years. I, I think the, the other thing that, and I'm, I'm pulling this from memory, just talking to a few, like uh, remembering some of my friends who are big Mariners fans, their conversations. I think the Mariners have, have always been one of those teams that has always lost out on their best players to other organizations. Like, you know, you just mentioned Alex Rodriguez, Randy Johnson. They both ended up with the Yankees, right? And so I think that's been some of the suffering of Seattle and the Mariners in their own way. So many of their great players have left and gone on to have success in other in other places, but that, that's almost the vi- being that's just the victim of you know being a small market team in, in certain yeah, ways. But I think that's small that's always something team. that my friends have brought um, yeah. up. That that and I don't think Seattle really is a baseball town. Um, football town, they yeah, seem to be true. very excited about that. And they used to be a, a big basketball town until they won the championship, and then the team probably moved somewhere else. Are, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What can you yeah. do, Tim? Are you? Um... Are yeah. you a high school sports fan there in in Idaho? I I have to say I'm not. Sorry. Okay. Just wondering. <laughs> Idaho sounds like a big football state to me. I was wondering if they're coming through high school football as strong as ever during COVID. Um, I I would love to answer your question, but mm-hmm. I'm just clueless on that. Well, thanks, so. thanks, thanks for the call. You're that, that's a disgruntled fan right there. Yeah, disgruntled Mariners fan. I love it. Thanks, Tim. Always, always like right. to always Thanks, like Tim. to hear from Moscow. Okay, talk to you later. Yep. Thanks, Tim. It's our longest. 707-895-2448. Got about 15 minutes left on the show here. Give us a call, 707-895-2448. Uh, Jim, if we don't have a call, uh, you were about to talk a little March Madness mm-hmm. branding. And March Madness marketing talk. Yep, I want to I want to bring bring that up. It's it's um it's one of these long time coming, and um, it's. I didn't even realize it was a thing, or it wasn't a thing. I I, I didn't either. So so yeah. we're, we're we're sort of uh, teasing people here. We haven't said what it is yet. Uh, March Madness, like most people know, is college basketball playoffs. At least that's right. what I thought it was, but. The term March Madness, until right now, I believe this week, 
has been the term for men's NCAA basketball Division <laughs> One basketball tournament. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. So, so for example, like one of the very basic examples of this is if you look at the courts that the men's and women's tournaments are played on, the men's courts have been always branded with March Madness. And then the women's courts have always just said like NCAA women's basketball tournament. Right. Or something like so, that. And yeah. As of this year, the, according to this article you sent here, I don't have it in front of me. I'm sure you do. Um, March Madness will now refer to the men's and the women's. So that that term, I guess, is what you're calling branding. They're yeah, gonna branding and marketing, how they're going to advertise, how they're going to sell the tournament. The, the other thing that it's, it's interesting, like this was slipped in, I feel like, in this article. There's also going to be a new budget format. Uh, and they don't really go into the details of what that means, um, what, a, what this new budget format is going to be, other than they say they want to make things more financially equitable between the men's and women's tournament. And I think ultimately this all kind of, I think in some form, stems back to last year when you had the NCAA women's tournament get like publicized for having a lack of resources, right? I mean, that, that, that video of the Oregon team showing the, you know, the Motel 6 weight room that they were given basically, and then comparing that to the men and the food and all that stuff. So I, I, I think, think this is almost a follow-up to that. I love it. Like I, I love that this is happening, and it's one of those things that I'm kind of with Jim. Where like I never, I, I never realized that they were separate. I just had always associated it with college basketball playoffs. Obviously, I, I watch more of the men's tournament than I do the women's tournament. The women's tournament is great though. Like the, I, the Sweet 16 on in the women's tournament last year was incredible. There were there were some great great games, great runs. But I, I had never really made that connection that they only used March Madness to brand the, the men's tournament. So I think it's a very good thing that they're going to do that. Hopefully it gets more eyes on the women's tournament because I don't know I how even, I just don't know, Jared, on, on how how much I trust the NCAA anymore. It seems like, you know, they had this Motel 6, you know, couple free weights and a bench right. for the women in, inside sort of a bubble. You know, this right. is the, 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 the... And it took... I think it was an Oregon player Mm-hmm. Was it, it was. yeah the University of Oregon a duck? Yeah. Uh, it it took a woman to video that and send it out on social media. It didn't take the NCA to say, hey, how come we don't have a a um, a better weight room for the women and we have this great one for the men? It, it wasn't them. It was they got busted. And, right. And right. Um, so now here, uh, it sounds like they're they're trying to get ahead of the game. I, yeah. I, I don't know, and that's that's a tough way to go. Like, if, if the NCAA manages to screw up bringing women's basketball under the branding of March Madness, that would be incredible because this is so easy. You just you run the commercials together. Like, you, you combine the advertising for the men's and women's tournaments. You run them as single ads, and you put the branding on the court. And there you go. You've done it. Like, that's all you need to do. This isn't like a... This isn't a complicated situation. So, but again, it's also the NCAA, so it wouldn't shock me if they find a way to screw this up. When when you were saying I got something funny to read here, um, and 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 I, I knew it was either going to be the college football pep rally oh, story from this week, or it was going to be the Seattle Mariners, and 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 I was dying for it. I'd like you to explain what happened. Um, at Georgia in, in a, Southern University. Georgia Southern University, a pregame. I'm, I'm guessing it was a pregame pep rally. I don't even know. 
if it was a home game or an away game. Um, but explain that one for me. Uh, I, I don't even know how to like introduce this story. It's just it's so bizarre. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm not, not surprised bizarre. by it. I know. It's like, not bizarre. I don't think it's bizarre. It, well, it, it, okay, bizarre not, might, might be the wrong word. But like it's, it was just this weird thing of like I couldn't believe that this happened. And I couldn't believe what I was watching. But at the same time, I wasn't surprised by it at all. Um, 707-895-2448. Give us a call. We've got about 10 minutes left on the show here if there's anything you want to talk about. Um, so Georgia Southern, uh, which is a – I believe it's a Division One AA football program, if I remember offhand. I'd have to look. Um, one of their defensive players, Gavin Adcock, was suspended indefinitely when a video surfaced of him – Riding on the top of what I can only interpret is the team bus. It was a team bus. Uh, yeah, and someone from the crowd throws him a beer, and he proceeds to just drink it and, it. and just chug it. And, and I, it's got to be a pep rally or, like, they're hitting the road to go somewhere. I, I have, like, just so many questions about this. Um, but it's just, like... What's he doing on top of the bus to begin with? That's the first question I have. And and then he drinks this beer, gets caught in. See, see, you're saying you're not surprised. I'm not surprised. I mean, ever since every person in the world's had a camera, all kinds of stuff like this. This has always been going right. on. We, we right. just right. Let's take a call. You're at. Try again. I pushed the button and got the dial tone. 707-895-2448. We got about nine minutes. We're taking calls here on the sports phone. I want to know how... Was his plan to get back into the bus like before it hit the highway or something? Like, How long was he going to be on top of his bus? Oh, I never thought about that. And um, I think he was on his way to the game. Yeah, or, or, it's was, just, or was it the, the night before the Friday, you know, the the prep rally, the all, all it says is know. that they were getting ready for a game against Louisiana and he was on top of a moving bus. So I'm assuming they were going there like it was they were on the road getting ready to go there <laughs> or they were leaving town, you know, driving through campus, you know. Sure. Yeah. Something like that. But he got caught. I heard the coach got fired, too. Uh, I did not hear that. It might be possible, but I, I did not hear that story huh. or element of the story. Yeah, I, I don't have a, I don't have a great, you know. I think when you do something obvious, you know, is against the rules, and it's something stupid like this. I, I don't think there should be even the term suspension should be even involved. I mean, <clears throat> I just think you get caught drinking on top of a. A football bus um, promoting the school's pep rally. I, I I just think you never play for that team again. I I'm just it's just yeah it, it yeah it's it's it was just a it was weird it was crazy but at the same time like I said I was I was not surprised at all seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight give us a ring if you've got anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports um Jim we've only got about eight minutes left here I I don't know how much detail we could get into if we wanted to talk about the NBA and vaccines and COVID stuff for a little while. Um, we could also just talk about rule changes in the NBA. Cause I know you had some thoughts about some stuff that you wanted to talk about there. I, I kind of leave it up to you. If you want to 
broach the the larger subject of kind of the NBA vaccine stories that have been going around. Hello, Carl. You're on the air. You're on the air. Hey, how you guys doing here? Uh, on the road, just listening to your uh, station here. Enjoy it every Friday night. Uh, wanted to talk to you guys about some football stuff going on. They got the peewee football kicking off all over the counties and uh, with COVID and things like that. It's been a little bit of a struggle, you know, in and out of, in and out of uh, football with the kids going to school. And if the kid gets tested, blah, blah, blah. It's been uh, enjoyable, but it's also been a heartache at times, too. Peewee uh, football we're talking about in Mendocino County? What's that? Yeah, Mendocino. Well, Willis has a team, and we have Gloverdale and uh, the Lake County teams in Fort Bragg. You're breaking up a little bit. Can you make your... Can you make less noise and, and more voice? Yeah, so the um, the Fort Bragg team and there's Cloverdale, Willits, you know, Lake County teams. There's a few different ones. I it's funny, caller. I I can't. I, I'm not around. Like I I'm in Oregon, so I can't speak to like the Pee Wee football situation in in the county. But I think that like. This is the inevitability of what we need to accept for this year for sports, hopefully just this year. Like, for example, Linfield College, which, which is where I went, they just had to cancel two conference volleyball games because of, because of uh, COVID protocol. Um, so I think that, like, this is the inevitability of what's going to happen to all levels of sports at different points this year. I think vaccines, the, the cases are slowly going down. Everything's going to make this, like, slow gradual push back to normal but i think this is the year of every now and then these things are going to come up and throw a wrench in things less than last year less than the year before like with whatever form of sports happened the year before that but there's this we're going to have another year of things getting canceled or having to get rescheduled every now and then hopefully it just continues to get that's what's going on right now is it's uh you know like for instance my kids game got canceled tomorrow because the right. other team has uh, an outbreak of uh, really? the virus, right? And so, you know, it's just a little bit of a juggle. You know, the kids train. My kid's young. He's eight years old, you know. And, um, you know, they, they practice all week, and then they get bummed out. You know, he plays a little Madden video game, and mm-hmm. they have a good mm-hmm. time. But, you so, know, um, there's always next week, of course. And it's always about the the – what do you say? You know, it's all about the, the record, too. You know, if the kids' team gets canceled, are they going to make the games up? Yeah, are they yeah not that's the make big the one. Games up? Um, you know, it's, it, you know it, it goes into it. You know, the, the kids' team that my kid's on, he's, there's only uh, 13 kids on the team. Mm-hmm. Is your kid playing? They go up against other teams. And, um, you know, well, the last week we played with 12. There was one extra kid, and we went up against a team with 25. Did you say? Win, did you, you know? say? Did you and, say? Uh, did you say this already? It's hard to do that. You know, it's a, it's yeah. a small team. Yeah. They're playing both sides of the ball. You know, they're coming from a small town, and these are little guys. You know, I'm the waymaster. I weigh these guys in. You know, each size, and, and you get to see the other sides of the other team versus a little small teams like the little engine that could. You know. Did where is this the Cubs? Does your um, son play in Fort Bragg? 
No, my no, my kid plays for uh, Cloverdale. Oh, Cloverdale. Nice. Great youth sports in Cloverdale. I, I, their basketball is CYA or something, basketball. It's always been good for youth sports. We, uh, we're, yeah. running, we're running out of... We're getting kids to times, you know, especially this year with getting the kids involved. Um, you know, the, the, the time, by the time you get to know that something's going on, it's already flying by, you know, and you're like, holy cow, i got to get my kids signed up or else it's already done, you know, by the time you're hearing it's last call. So, Speaking of, um, but it, we're, we're glad to have the kids playing at all anyway. You know what I mean. Speaking of last call, we got to go. We get we got one minute yep. to be, be off the air. You guys have Thanks. a good night. Thank you guys so much for the show. Enjoy. Thank you. What a great Thank way. You. Thank you. Great way to end the show, Jared, with Pee Wee. Yeah, that was great. Okay, Jim. I'm Jim. I'm I'm hijacking the last couple minutes of the of the show here. You've uh, got you've got exactly uh, one minute. Okay, so little I, every now and then we do previews. Of, of what's coming in, in the later weeks. I'm going to give a preview because I think this is going to be fun. Oh, that's right. Um, a couple weeks ago, we, we had a caller call in and ask about our opinions on basically gambling in sports and the NFL uh, advertising gambling on their own sport. Uh, we, Jim and I, not experts. We didn't have a whole lot to say on the topic. Next week, we're going to be talking to someone that is an expert in sports gambling. I'm really looking forward to that conversation. So I just wanted to give a little preview. Not going to go into anything else other than that, but I just wanted to mention that, that we have a really fun guest. I'm really looking forward to our, our conversation next week. We're going to take a dive into sports gambling. That is going to be Friday, October 8th, uh, 7 o'clock. Thanks, everybody that was listening to the show. Thanks, Miles Hayes, for joining us earlier. We're going to sign off, and we'll talk to everybody next week. See you next week, Jer. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.